Hi, this is Selena Davidson from the South Brunswick Public Library with the next episode of Alchemy of Genres. It's been a while since I did any, I don't think I've actually done any creepy horror-based uh, podcasts focus. There's been a little bit of a, fo like a nod in a direction of something that's creepy, but I thought it was just about time to do one that's really focused on creepy. So I'm calling this one creepy and scary stories that have stuck with me. And I'm looking this over and realizing that there's a lot of stories that are kind of classic horror on this list. I haven't been reading as many new horror books as I should, so now I know some things that I need to catch up on. But in the meanwhile, I will share with you why these stories stuck with me and what elements of them were fun or appealing or creepy and amazing. But unless it's a story you've never heard of, I'm not going to do a synopsis and the whole nine yards because if it's a story that everybody already knows and it's kind of in the pop culture icon, then it probably doesn't need to be explained again. When I do the blog that I do that accompanies it, I will include like a sentence or two that's a brief synopsis just to be good about it. But it just seems to make the conversation go quicker if I just explain what about the story stuck with me. And if it's a story maybe you haven't heard of, then I can go into the plot points a little bit. That being said, don't forget to go to your local library, borrow some stuff. If it's not open, then borrow some stuff online. And also, just read. Read it all. Read all the things. You can't go wrong. So, we're going to get started with the first official horror book I ever read that I did not know was a horror book, which is a book called Jaws from Peter Benchley. I picked it up on the bookshelf in my house. My dad had it probably from a used book sale somewhere. It didn't even have a good cover, but I saw a person swimming and a shark fin behind it. And I was like, what is this? And so I read it. And yeah, it creeped me out. Just the, the thing I will say about the movie that worked really well and did really well with the book as well is that the shark itself is this amorphous undercurrent. You don't, it's not front and center. You don't see it. You see it more in the book than you do in the movie because the movie had to create it and they didn't have the money. So they just had it hidden. But it's also kind of that same hidden undercurrent in the book. It's been a very long time since I read this book, so maybe I'll go back and read it and be like, I can't believe I was scared by this. But I read the book, then saw the movie eventually, and yeah, freaked me out. The whole what's under your legs in the ocean thing. <laughs> yeah, not amazing book. Wow, so creepy and scary. Um, another one that's been out there in the pop culture iconic iconography a lot is Stephen King's It. I tried reading the book and I didn't really like it, believe it or not. 
I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. So I just never finished it. I liked the original movie that they made. It was like a movie miniseries back in the 80s, which is corny, but it's fun. And it's Tim Curry does an amazing job as the creepy clown. Um, then they've, I, they have the reboot that they just did, which I haven't seen. And everyone tells me I should, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I actually did like the movies kind of killed clowns for me between that and um the movie where the girl is like they're here yeah that one in the 80s with the the graves in the basement and yeah I, I forget what it is all I can see in my head is the tv screen and this little girl touching the tv probably is a corny movie now but at the time between that and this, oh, so bad for clowns in my life. But there you go. Next book is kind of one that probably no one's ever seen of. It's got the coolest cover. It's got three teacups just sitting like they're filled with liquid. And there's a dribble of liquid coming down the side. And then when you look at it, you realize it's not tea, it's blood. And it's just trickling down the side and that's the cover it's really cool it's a YA book so it's not super graphic but it's really cool and creepy basic idea oh before I forget it's Dia or Dia Reeves is the author the basic idea is that there's these two girls Kit and Fancy their dad is a serial killer called the bone saw killer and he was caught and he's in jail or was executed. I, I don't remember which, but consequences were rendered for his reign of terror. And the two girls have learned the lesson that not that killing is wrong because they kind of like the idea of killing someone, maybe a lot of someone's following in dear old dad's legacy, but they don't want to get caught. That was the thing dad did wrong. He didn't play it smart. And then one day... Wandering through the woods, one of the girls accidentally stumbles through a magical doorway into another universe and figures out, hey, you know what would be good? We could drag people into this doorway, into this other universe, and do whatever we want to them because literally no one will ever find them. We're not even on Earth anymore. We're on an alternate Earth. It's like the idea of Narnia but so twisted and with killing creepy and these are not like grown people these are like 14 15 year old girls that just have a game plan and they just really like to kill people and now they have the perfect place to hide the bodies and also to do all the killings as slow or as fast as they want to super good book it the plot lines in it are not strong this is not like a Prince award-winning book, but it was just the concept of it has stayed with me and that cover is in my head. And as soon as somebody says they like creepy books, it's one of the ones I go to. Have you ever read this one? It's also a little long, but hey, if you've read Stephen King, you can read a long book. Um, Another Stephen King offering is The Shining. And I loved the book. I'm a sucker for a good haunted house story and I do like a lot of the classic Stephen King books 
The Shining is one of them because, hello, haunted house, psychic gifts, creepy house. So good. Um, I did not like the movie, the classic movie, but they did make a mini series of, I don't know, about 10 years ago, maybe longer, that was really good because one of the things I didn't like about the movie version with Jack Nicholson and the whole classic thing is I never have ever bought Jack Nicholson playing someone sane. He does insane like nobody's business. But when he's trying to be sweet and cuddly, you just don't buy it. But the miniseries, they A, did all, they were able to like do more of the background and the creepy-tastic stuff. But also they found an actor who was able to just tap in and there's this one scene that I can see him doing where he's just got his arms around the little boy and he's like I love you I would never hurt you you're the whole world for me and in a split second as you're watching the screen and you're looking at his face you see it shift and suddenly but I have to punish you you can't do things you shouldn't do you know what happens now when you're a bad boy and it's so utterly creepy to watch this person go from sweet dad that loves you to this person who might kill you and the actor who portrays it and I do not know his name but he was really good in it and the book really really good at at showing the struggle that the father is going through between not really knowing when he's hallucinating and when he's not and how the house and the minions in the house and the atmosphere in the house are playing with him and and it was just really good and creepy another one of Stephen King's that are really cool and creepy is Cujo and you wouldn't think that you're like what is this but just the idea of being trapped in a car with your child and you can't get out because every time you try to get out you know it won't work and you may die or your child may, and you know that if you stay in this car you and your child will definitely die it's sort of like the Caribbean and the you know stuck between a rock and a hard place I guess is a better way to put it it's it's the ultimate, like no matter what you do, something is bad, and you. but you still have to fight because you're a parent. And you can't even blame the dog because the dog is a dog and it didn't know it was sick. It's just crazy and delusional. So there, it was kind of cool because there's no one to blame. You can't go, that's where the problem is. It, but it's just the atmosphere of it was really cool and creepy. I never saw the movie. It just looked silly, but... I did like the book. So, definitely an old book that very few people have seen or heard or know about is one of my creepiest moments in books that I, and it stuck with me, it still does, is called Into the Out of by Alan Dean Foster. It has three main characters, um, Olkeluki, I'm probably saying that wrong. He's an elder of the Maasai tribe, a Maasai people, I should say. Uh, jo Joshua Oak, who's a government agent, and Mary Shadow, who is a random woman who's just caught up in this mess. Basically, the idea is that there are these Shatani, 
which are these spirits that are the embodiment of evil and they want to just infect the world and take over everything. And they found a way into our world. And the thing that makes them creepy is A, they're spirits and they can come in and out of any small surface that is dark. And they also can hide in plain sight as anything that is black. Like, say, the black exploded tire pieces that you see on the sides of the road. They're just there. And suddenly, that black piece of tire has attacked you or your car, and now you crashed, and it's coming after you. But the scene, and that, I still think of that every time I see little car pieces on the side of the road. But the scene that gets me is right in the beginning of the book, when you see someone go to the bathroom on the airplane and something reaches up out of the toilet and drags them in. And you can see in the book, it says if you look closely, you can see their hands as they're dragged down the inside of the toilet bowl in blood. It was the creepiest image ever. And I just adore this book. I've only read it once. I really should go back and read it. Maybe it's not so good anymore. But that just, there's a couple of just scenes that were like stuck in my head forever. And that's one of them. One book, comic book series that's amazing and that Netflix picked up and made a series on that I have not watched yet, but it's in my queue waiting for me to work up the nerve it is called Lock and Key. And it is by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King, if you did not know that. So he has a, a good sense of what a horror should look like. Lock and Key is basically the story of the Locke family and these particularly paranormally enabled keys that allow you to do magical and fantastical things. So the fir the book opens, it's a comic, it opens with this very bloody scene of a, a, a father, it's the Locke family father, being killed, and uh, there's actually a lot of people being killed. There's a lot of death in the beginning, blood everywhere. Um, and, but after the, in the aftermath of this horrific thing that happened to their father, the family finds that there's an old mansion that they've inherited from the Locke family that they didn't even know about. Their dad never talked about it. And they have nowhere to go, so they decide to move to this place. And as they get in, the three kids find different things weird about the house. But some of them find more of the weirdness and the weirdness is these weird key shapes that are sometimes also keys that you can use in different ways some of them are cool my favorite is the one where you have a key that allows you to insert it into a lock that no one knows is there but is actually there on the back of your head and your head just flips wide open and then you can place anything inside your head like I need to know my history for my test next week. I'm just going to shove the whole history book in my head. Now I know everything in it and I'll definitely pass. But the creepy part of it is that you can extract things from your brain. And the there's a killer on the loose, the one that killed their father. And 
the killers are also sort of demon creatures so they can inhabit or possess other people. So even if you see them, you might not know them because they could jump to another body. Regardless, the killer is worried someone might have seen him. He could go in or she could go in if you have a female and extract any memories that you have of them and just make it stop. And it's so creepy. And then there's also the girl decides she's too weepy and she cries too much. So she does this thing where she can pull out a piece of herself so that she can't cry anymore. She just literally took out the part of her that cries all the time. And it affects her. And the way it affects her is just utterly fantastically done. Like you can see why that grief and remorse is necessary in a true well-rounded person and the ways that it affects her personality and why she's doing the things and how she's doing the things and why she's not doing things she should be doing. It was really excellently done. And that's just one scene, but it definitely always stuck with me. Just like some cool little things, but they have like some fun things where a key that makes you grow really big and another one that makes you grow really small. But they're hidden everywhere. Some of them are worse than others. And of course, there's a killer trying to kill everyone. And they have to find who it is as soon as they figure out that there actually is this killer, which is part of it too. They don't even know about it. Really good comic book series. You should definitely check it out. And I've been told that the Netflix series is really good as well. I mentioned in the books that make me laugh out loud, Within the Mind by Alice Winters, and it still is a really funny book, but it's still really creepy. And the thing that makes it really creepy, if you don't know, there's two psychics. They're partnered. And the one main guy can touch you and get inside your head and see your memories. And he usually just goes in and sees your worst memory or your best memory. But he could see any memory he wants. And then he gets asked to touch a serial killer to try and rescue some people that are missing that they think he has. And instead of being sucked into the guy's memories, he's trapped in his brain. And this guy has like traps and weird dream things happening where he can't get out. He thinks he's out, but he's not. And then another time he thinks he's out, but he's not. And he's trapped in a circle. And just the idea that someone could bring you to a place where you're trapped in your own mind and you have no control over it and you don't even know that you're trapped. So creepy. But the book is also has its laugh out loud moments. It's a little lewd. It's a little over the top. But I enjoyed it so much because it was so creepy and then so good. And then so creepy and then so funny. And then back to it. It was really interesting and fun. Um, Something of a different kind of horror. Which is just full on attack you kind of horror. Is Battle Royale. Um, by Kushin Takashi. Kami, and I know I pronounced that really, really badly, and I apologize. I saw the movie. It's a Japanese movie. There is a book, and I believe there's also a manga series. And I read some of the book, 
but I had to put it down for a while. I need to go back and finish it. It was just, it was, the, it was really good, but I had just watched the movie. So I needed a breather because I was comparing them too much. Basic idea of Battle Royale, if you don't know, is that there's these students and there was a law that was passed because overpopulation is a thing and there's not enough jobs and these kids are just ungrateful anyway. So they passed a law that there's a lottery and one class of students every year gets sent to an island and they fight it out to the death and one winner emerges and that's it. And that's the whole thing. And then everybody continues as if it's not even a thing. It is, the whole idea of it is just this utterly horrific idea of the disposability of people. The idea that they can use people for entertainment. And also just a statement on the savagery of of who we can be in extreme environments and also how good we can be because there's people that are trying really hard to do the right thing but they 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 aren't as incentivized to survive as the people who will do the bad things this movie caused a lot of controversy because it's very bloody um but ultimately, it's like a cult classic. It's really amazing. Um, but again, really intense. The book was also really good and really intense. A little bit of different focus because you can get inside the brains of everybody. And I need to go back and finish it. I just, I got halfway through and I really liked it, but I was too much comparing it to the movie and I wanted a little bit of distance so that I could evaluate it on its own and not be thinking just about, well, they did this different in the movie. Um, they call it junior high school students, but I'm, the movie made them look like high school. And when I was reading it, it read the, the grading levels and the leveling of the school systems in different countries are all different. So I'm pretty sure that junior school is before you go to like a vocational school or the beginning couple years of college, but it's not really clear. So they looked older, but I'm not really sure. Regardless, these aren't little kids. And this isn't a sanitized version of Hunger Games. This was dramatic and ugly and really, really good if you like horror. Malice by Chris Wooding is an amazing book on so many levels. It is a teen book. It could actually be read by younger if they wanted, like a 12-year-old or something. But I would give it to anybody of any age. It's part text, part comic book, and it intersperses along the way through... You don't even know when it's coming. It just happens to jump into it. And there's a reason for that. Basic storyline is that everybody knows that if you say the words and you call tall Jake to you, he will take you into malice and no one will ever see you again. And everyone knows this, but the adults don't believe it. Seth and Katie don't believe it either until their friend disappears. 
Seth decides that this is ridiculous and he's going to go rescue his friend, especially when he goes to the store. There's this underground comics place that everyone who's a kid knows about. And you go in and you buy the comic for Malice and you read it and you can only read it for two or three days and then the pages go blank. And everybody's like, wow, these are really cool and horrific adventures. And then Seth gets one and he sees his friend on the page. This is real. This is happening. So he's like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to rescue him. And it's just this lovely juxtaposition of I want to go and do the right thing and a girl confronting her deepest, darkest fears and this utterly horrific place where random moments are chosen to be illustrated for a magazine comic that people will view and then they don't show anything else. You get like a snippet of something that entices you to buy the next one. But that energy, that that almost worshipful nature of it is what's fueling everything and it's an incredibly creepy book I think I was more creeped out than some of the kids were but just the idea of it just this this entity that is feeding off of the energy of the beliefs of the children and then this young man who really just wants to be a knight in shining armor and rescue everyone and take down the bad guy because those are the stories he grew up on and this girl who just really wants to reclaim the parts of herself that were lost because if someone does get out of that they don't remember it they just come back with no memory they've disappeared for years or they disappeared for months and ta-da now you're back with no memory of what happened little memory of your life before that and a fear of a lot of strange things and definitely a fear of the dark so it's a really cool creepy book it's not graphic in any way really but it just gets inside your soul and sits there chris wooding is so good at that um one of my favorite authors again is a neil gaiman and sandman comics are amazing and the one thing that i said when i've mentioned them before is that you've got many many different storylines that are just coming across and then he's sort of navigating you as the reader until you get to the last book where you see them all connect and how they're all connected is just this amazing process that only a genius like Gaiman could have come up with I could never have come up with this but one of the elements that stuck in my head forever is from a doll's house and it's one of the Sandman books. And it's a serial killer convention. And it's literally these two people that just... There's a reporter who really heard about rumor about it and then wants to learn more about it. But the two people you're following just need to stay at a hotel to get away from things. They need this hotel for a couple of days and then they're off. And then there's this weird convention. It's a cereal convention. I guess they're talking about cereals. They really like cereals. But no, it's a cereal killer convention. And you get to attend. And you get to see what happens. And you get to see what happens when somebody figures out that there's a reporter who's trying to do a story on it. 
And just the idea of that being a thing that he said he came up with because everyone else has a work convention. Why wouldn't there be a convention if you're a serial killer? And there was a, there's a women who kill moment. There's um, a focused on different types. Like, I really like this. I really like that. Where do you hunt? Oh, I hunt in these kind of places. Oh, I do this in these kind of places. Just the idea that these horrible, monstrous people would have a place to share stories and ideas and collaborate. Oh, so creepy and so well done. And it's literally not even, it's not the focus of the whole book, but it is a piece of it. And it just, it'll stick with me forever. I will always remember that one. Another classic is Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. I remember reading this when I was very young and I reread it again when I was older and it still creeped me out. If you don't know it, it's a, it, it's kind of been played out a few times now where there's just like this uh, circus or show that comes to town and there's something wrong with it. And there's just these creepy things and creepy rides and things aren't as they seem. And that is something wicked this way comes. And that whole atmosphere of it, I've seen it in other places and I've seen it done in other ways, but no one has ever done it as good or as well, I should say, to use proper English. No one has ever done it as well as Ray Bradbury. That one just will always be tippy top in my head. Another Joe Hill book that I'm going to talk about because I didn't finish it but I really want to finish it, but I really don't want to finish it, is Nosferatu. It's amazing, and I really need to break up some courage <laughs> and go ahead and finish it, because basically you've got another like door into another universe idea, and that there's certain people who can find a way into this other these other universes. They're just different it's a quirk. It's one of those things. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. And this girl, who's the main character, has it and then loses it because she had it with her bike and she was able to go through this tunnel that in her head was magical and she built it up in her head so much that it truly is magical and she was able to go across worlds and find another destination that was a world close to ours but not exactly right. And then you meet a killer who can also access these other worlds. And he really, really likes to kidnap children. And he kidnaps children and puts them in scenarios and keeps them frozen in his secret little world where he can just watch them or play with them forever as long as he wants. I got that far which is like a third of the way through and I had to stop because it was just so truly horrifying that I had to just stop and put the book away and go I'll come back to this and it still is like this utterly horrific moment in my soul where I'm picturing somebody doing that my imagination is way too good so I'm hoping I can go back and finish it I'm heard that they made a movie of this or that they're making a movie of this Good Lord. Um, I don't blame them. It's an, It looks amazing. I just I never got to finish it because I was a coward. And so I'm promising myself I will go back and finish it. 
I swear I will. Someday. Someday soon. I tried listening to it and had to turn it off because no. So it's going to be a read only when I can shut the book and go read something happy for a while. An author that you should always think of when you hear of scary and creepy stories is Edgar Allan Poe. Pretty much anything by Edgar Allan Poe has creepy elements in it. There's just... And some of them have become almost tropes now, like the Telltale Heart. But if you read that, just the descent into madness of this person is just truly horrifying and absorbing. And the murders in the Rue Morgue where they're walling up somebody and leaving them behind. Ugh. He's a classic for a reason. I'm obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe forever. And I love those books. Another classic haunted house story is The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Again, it's kind of, it's become a trope now, but I think this is one of the early ones where you just have a haunted house that everyone knows about. You get some people to investigate. They go there and then all these terrible things happen. And will any of them make it out alive? Will they all die there? What happens? How does it happen? But Shirley Jackson did a really good job on this one. They've made several different movies and voices and... Um, everything is all together and it's just really really good and I love it so much a very young story that won awards and they made an animated movie of that I still find creeptastic is Coraline by Neil Gaiman and the kids read it and they're like that's not really that scary but there's something about this girl going through a door into another universe and finding her parents and her family people, her parents there, and they look just like her parents, but with button eyes. Oh my god, that image in my head forever. Just, ugh. Um... But it's a kid's book. It's like a little kid's book. And I've had little kids read it. And they're like, ah, no, it's not that bad. And the animated movie didn't creep me out quite as much as what was in my own head. Which is probably saying something about where my head is. But if you want a creepy story, but you really are scared to try anything too deep of a dive, try Coraline. It works. It's a short book, but uber creepy. Another uh, Stephen King book, because you have to have a bunch of them, I guess, is Pet Cemetery. Another one that there's been several movies and remakes and things of, but kind of because of all the remakes and all the things. Cool, creepy, the idea of burying something and it comes back changed and, and utterly off. And a, a brilliant idea from Mr. King and a fun idea for a book. And I did like the book better than the movie. I did not see the new movie. The old movie was kind of silly. Richard Matheson is another older author. Told you this was a lot of old books. He has two books that we're going to talk about. One is Hell House, which is another haunted house thing where you've got creepy investigation uh, into what happened in this house and is it really haunted and da 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 And then, of course, it really is haunted and how can you get it out alive? Again, 
it's a classic. I really love a good haunted house story. And this one is just one of those ones that I go back to and read and read because it's just really nicely done. I Am Legend, people always forget about because it doesn't come off like a horror book. It just is a, it's like a weird, oh, that's just a vampire book. And then you see the movie and you're like, oh yeah, that was cool. But they changed the movie so much. I still, the movie was nice, but it wasn't the book. The book had such an impact on me that I will never, ever forget it because the central, when you get to the end is where they changed it in the movie. They made some other changes too, but the main change in the book to the movie is that in the movie, he gets to be the hero. In the book, he realizes that he is the monster and he is legendary because he's the only human left. And all the vampires tell stories of the evil human who catches you in daytime and kills you. And it's just that idea that you are doing what you think is the right thing and you're scared for your life and you're trying to save your world while not realizing that the times have changed and you are no longer the good guy. You are the bad guy. And everyone looks at you differently. Everything is different. It's all about perception. It's all about change and whether to go with it or not go with it. And just the true horror of realizing that everything you thought you believed about yourself is a lie. And the movie did not catch that. And uh, they have a second one, I think, coming out, which is not ne not necessary. But I'll probably watch it because there'll probably be things blowing up and zombies everywhere. So why not? But I think that you should definitely check it out. It's an old book, kind of old timey language. But it was really, really well done. And Hell House is another really nicely done one, if you don't mind a good creepy house story. A creepy house story that will always stick with me, and is another old one, is Dean Koontz's Demon Seed. Now this is old, so it almost makes it worse, because this was like in the 90s, early 90s, late 80s, something like that, where you have this shut-in, and she lives in this house. She's not old she just really doesn't like to go outside she's really creeped out about the outdoors so she's hooked her house up with every conceivable electronics so that she never has to leave but she has enough electronics in the house that it has developed its own consciousness and is really trying to figure out what this squishy human thing is all about and starts harassing her and torturing her and trying to figure out what she is and how she works and why she's necessary and the fact that she won't leave the house and it's the house itself that's torturing her and chasing her from inside her own house oh machines come alive and kill you classic 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 and now that you can think about all the new ways your house could attempt to kill you even scarier so, yeah, it's an old one, but a good one. Another Dean Koontz book that's really good is called The Bad Place. And I think this is because it's just you don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what twists and turns he's going to take you on. 
the basic idea is this guy, Frank, he keeps waking up and finding weird things. Like he'll wake up with blood all over his hands or he's missing his shirt and he's in an alley and he never knows what happens. He's afraid to go to sleep. So he hires these two investigators to follow him and figure out what's happening to him at night when he goes to sleep. And the more they find out, the worse it gets. And it truly does take them to a bad place. The bad place. So good. So creepy. I can't say more because it will just give away. He's got so many levels of of twists and turns in the story. that I don't want to ruin it, but you should definitely check it out. And then last but not least, I was looking for a short story because why not? We've got everything else. And also, it's Neil Gaiman and he writes a lot of short stories. So short story that I went and investigated and I was like, what are some really cool and creepy short stories from Neil Gaiman? And the one that got the most votes is really a good one. It's called The Price. And it's basically this narrator takes in a stray cat but something is starting to go very wrong because the owner of the house, the person taking care of the cat, starts realizing that every day that he wakes up, the cat looks in worse shape. The cat goes out into the neighborhood at night and then comes back, like, torn to shreds, missing fur and ribs are broken and then it stays in the house until it heals and it's fine and then it goes out again and they can't keep it in the house because they can't force it to stay but it gets out and then when it comes back it's totally destroyed again almost dead but makes it but each time it's getting worse and worse and worse and he's trying to figure out what the heck is happening to this cat and then he finds out what's happening to this cat Neil Gaiman is an artist he truly, truly is. So you should try to find that short story. I'm sure you can find it in a collection somewhere. There's a lot of really cool horror collections of short stories. So if you've never delved into horror and you're like, I'd like to try it, check out some short story collections. You can find them on any list or you could just do a Google search for the best short stories of uh, horror and make a suggestion to your local library and see if they'll buy it. That is the end of the list. I hope you've enjoyed this creeptastic journey through my weird brain and the things that have stuck in my head. And I thank you for joining me on the journey. We'll see what happens next time. Feel free to comment or email at sdavidson at sbpl.info. If you have an idea for a future podcast, happy to hear from you. Thanks. Bye.